Hello, and welcome back to another riveting episode of Coffee and Cuddles. I am Coffee, a.k.a. Craig. And with me again, as always, is my amazing, spunky, super duper terrific co-host, Anna Marie, also known as Cuddles. <laughs> Why don't you grab a cup or grab a mug and join us, won't you? I believe I already have. I have my mocha flavored coffee in hand and I am ready to go. So as we said last week, we're going to talk about different things in our lives and how, how we came to be. And we touched on it a little bit last week. And at the suggestion of my girlfriend, a.k.a. co-host, a.k.a. all-around wonderful person, she thought that we should talk about how I got here or why I got here or any one of those questions that you care to answer or ask or whatever. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Yeah, that he went down the street and got off the got off of the ramp and went around in a circle and see what happens when you have too much coffee or not enough coffee, whichever way it goes. So what we talked about last time was how we met and I figured the the next thing to go would be what happens when your long distance friend boyfriend suddenly tells you that he's got the money he's got a plane ticket and he'll be in california shortly because that was the phone call i got hey guess what i've got the money i booked a ticket i'll be there tomorrow at five and all i could think of is oh what happened (laughs) i don't know what you mean i said i was coming eventually i just didn't say when and maybe i sprung it on you Kind of sudden, like, but I want to back up and touch on something you just said. Uh, I I don't understand the phrase too much coffee. I don't don't know what that means. I guess if you get to the point where if you're like seeing sounds and hearing colors and and everything, then probably you've had too much. No, well, let's, let's step back even further from that. So the other night we went to see Street No Chaser in Thousand Oaks. Awesome show, amazing group. And Craig decided he was going to get some coffee. And he came back and seemed a little disappointed. And I said, Is everything okay? And he said, Well, you know, when you're making 30, what'd you say, gallons? 30 gallons at a time. Yeah. He goes, It's going to be hit or miss. So that got me thinking about times that. He's had great cups of coffee, times when it's been like, what happened to this coffee? And I know some of you are wondering, well, what about you? Have you ever had coffee? And yes, yes, I have. But we'll get back to that in just a minute. I keep going off for the off-ramps now. What did you do to me? It's catching. I'm sorry. It is catching. Something about the studio. I don't know. (laughs) So, all right. So let's get back to it, and then we'll talk about coffee. So he calls me up, tells me that he's got the ticket and gives me his, you know, the incoming flight number and the arrival time and all that. And the whole day, I just kept waiting for the clock to go faster and faster, faster, round and round and round the dial it could go. And then it occurs to me that he flew in to LAX. Now, if you have ever flown in or out of LAX, then you might have an inkling what it's like. Nobody thinks there's anybody else in a vehicle 
anywhere near them. And people are just cutting in and out. And all of a sudden, they're right in front of you with their brake lights on. So I was really, really scared. One, that I'd never find him. And two, wouldn't survive the drive to LAX. First of all, not only did I survive the drive to LAX. Thankfully. But I got there before he even had his luggage because I sent him a message, said, hey, I don't see you. So I just keep going around in a circle and he wasn't ready for me to I actually pick him up. And I thought, well, now what am I going to do? So it took a few times around, a few laps around the airport before he was actually ready. and. It was one of those things like, okay, where do we go from here? What's step number two? And step number two was, I got to make sure, you know, food-wise, drink-wise, you know, do I have, you know, what he's used to? Was there anything we had to pick up from the store? Which we did. I think uh, your very first dinner in California was a local Mexican restaurant. Um, We had sour cream and chicken enchiladas, um, a couple of drinks, no coffee. Sorry to say. No coffee that night, no. And then, of course, we hit the grocery store and it's things like, okay, breakfast, lunch, dinner. I don't keep coffee in the house. What kind of coffee do you drink? I have a Keurig. Um. So, yeah, that first night was just, okay, you know, I need to get him fed. I need to make sure that there's things in the house for him the next day because I still had to go to work. Dinner was interesting. They had some kind of like three or four piece mariachi band that was roaming the restaurant and they stopped pretty much right next to our table. So it made it made conversations a little bit awkward. But I think I've mentioned this before, either here or on my own podcast, that we we have always been us. And it's funny because from the time I got into her car in LAX, I mean, I, she was right about, I wasn't ready yet. I was still waiting on my luggage. So the luggage finally comes off the plane because why are they in a hurry? Right. So I walk like three miles through the airport to the exit, picked up a souvenir for one of my kids. Um, they had asked for send me like a, a magnet or something. So I did that. And I, I walk out. I'm, I'm kind of like, I only had a rolling bag and a, garment bag but the garment bag was kind of awkward so i'm trying to like straddle all these things and, and cross the street to where I, I knew she'd be picking me up and i'm pretty sure i saw her go around once because i had just missed her but the second time I, I stood out from the curb and i was waving like an idiot and smiling like that an idiot right red shirt on just hi here i am but from the minute she got out of the car we put my stuff in the back um you know the hug the, the first kiss all of that it was it was amazing, and there was absolutely zero awkwardness between us. There was no well, well I didn't except see- once we left the airport, and I realized I now had us officially lost in Los Angeles, had no clue where I was going. And you know what I did, ladies and gentlemen? I asked Craig to help me figure out where to go. He's never been to California, never once, He's never been in Los Angeles, and I asked him, "Hey, which way do you think I should go?" Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, I could have used some coffee then. Coffee always helps. Good news, bad news, indifferent news. Coffee is always a good thing. Not necessarily. So I'm going to wind us back to coffee. Because I'm sure somebody has actually wondered if I've ever actually had coffee. 
My first experience with coffee was when I was 13 years old. We had gone to a dinner party at um, another family that my family um, knew. And I noticed that the 14-year-old was offered coffee after dinner. And all I could think of is, well, gosh, you know, I'm not that much younger. So I leaned over and said something to my mom about, well, how come she was offered coffee and I wasn't? My mom whispered back, you don't drink coffee. And I said, well, true, but, you know. So my mom whispered to the hostess that I was feeling a little hurt because I hadn't been offered a cup of coffee. So understandable. Um, of course, you know, the hostess, you know, made sure that I had a fresh hot cup of coffee and I watched how my mom fixed hers. I fixed mine the same way. I took that initial sip and went, what is this? And I kind of whispered to my mom, this doesn't taste good. And <laughs> she was trying to give me advice on what to add. And I don't think there was enough cream, sugar, magical potions, anything I could have done to had made this any more palatable. And I think I got through half the cup, excused myself for a moment, came back to the table only to find the hostess and filled it up. There was more coffee in that cup. And I just looked at my mom in a panic, like, oh no, <laughs> it's, it's regenerated. There's more. So I can't remember what we actually did so that that cup of coffee vanished and I didn't have to have any more. Um, the next time I had coffee was, um, the morning after my previous marriage and, I was exhausted. It had been a very long day and I knew we had to get things loaded in the car. We had to head out and I thought, okay, coffee always perks people up. So I asked the, the waiter for a cup of coffee to which I was told just because you're married doesn't mean you have to drink coffee. I know that, but when you're desperately trying to wake up, you'll try anything. So it wasn't a very big cup. I decided against the cream. I tried putting some sweetener in it. Yes, it woke me up, but oh, that just wasn't, it wasn't good. I think it goes back to what you were saying when you make like 30 gallons of the stuff. It's either too strong or too weak or I don't know. Every place is different. Every coffee pot is different. Even if it's the same manufacturer, same brand, I think. It's always going to be a different experience. I grew up around my grandparents drank coffee. My mom and dad, I think my dad drank coffee. My other grandparents did. And I tried it once or twice as a kid. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is disgusting. How can you drink this stuff? And I didn't have coffee for a long time. And if it was a dinner party or a Christmas thing or something, we got out the big, um, 10 gallon percolator or whatever it was the big then it made all the funny noises and the bloop 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 noise and everything and it was brewed coffee but any other time my mother always had like instant coffee and while instant coffee certainly had its place in the world it wasn't a place in my world because i didn't like it my first real experience with, with coffee was in the navy i was standing topside watch in the dry dock in kings bay georgia 
It was December. It was right around Christmas time. It was, it was like disgustingly hor- horrifically cold. And we called down to the top to the um to the guy on watch and said, "Can you send us up something hot? I don't care if it's hot water at this point because I'm freezing to death." He sent up coffee. He sent it up black. And I don't take it that way now, but at the time, that was the best thing I'd ever tasted in my life because it was hot. It was good. It warmed me up. And I became a coffee drinker after that. Now, I wasn't like heavily into coffee or anything. But when I would go home on leave, my mother still had the instant coffee. And it was all right because that's all I knew. It was like Folgers in a jar. Mm-hmm. A teaspoon of coffee, add hot water, and boom, instant coffee. You don't have to wait for it to brew. And then when I got with my my now ex, we had a... a Mr. Coffee or some generic equivalent of Mr. Coffee and it was brewed coffee. And once I started drinking that, I couldn't go back to the instant anymore. Now I tried, I it might've been Folgers or Maxwell house or somebody came out with like, it was almost like coffee in a tea bag, same kind of concept. It was dried coffee. You popped the, the little baggy thing into the, into the water and it was like instant coffee, but it was in a pod or a bag or, or something. Maybe but, that was pretty Keurig. I think it was P. Keurig. Um, but once I started drinking brewed coffee, I, I couldn't drink the instant stuff anymore. And now, depending on where I go, I'll have coffee and dessert. But I don't add sugar anymore. At one point, I was adding like four teaspoons of sugar to my cup. And that's like, I, I figured it out one day. It's like a thousand calories a week or something just from from coffee and adding sugar to it. So that went out the window. One, well, that kind of went out the window because I started using like... Um, monk fruit sweetener and i tried coconut sweetener and i tried all these other things and monk fruit's not bad but it has this weird like cool almost aftertaste from i guess the the xylitol in it because they can't just and this is something that drives me nuts is they can't just add sugar or or something they always have to add some kind of fake artificial sweetener stuff to things and i'm just like why it never tastes good it's not good for you i don't understand why they do it so that's what I do now. Now I drink brewed coffee. Now I don't have a coffee pot anymore. I had one um, for a while. Then when I moved here, I didn't have one. We had the Keurig, and that was it. So I got, I got one from the the free site that we belong to, and I used it for a while. And then I decided, all right, that's enough coffee. I don't want to do this anymore because I'm still adding sugar to it. Because monk fruit is like twenty dollars a bag or something. Some some ridiculous amount of money for it. And I just decided I don't need that. So I'll drink tea with honey in it. So I gave away the coffee pot and I've been using, you know, I, I drank tea for, for a long time and I slowly started going back to the coffee and now I add, um, some kind of flavored, um, almond, almond based creamer from, Mm -hmm. from silk. Yep. So I do that now. So there's no added sugar, but I'm back to the coffee and life is grand. And I think part of the thing for many people is coffee is not just a drink. It's an experience. I remember drinking coffee with my, with my son and that was a great experience or, or drinking coffee with the ex and listening to a radio program called a Prairie home companion that was on N- that used to be on NPR. But it, it, to me, it's more about the experience of it. Like you're out at a fancy restaurant and you have a cup of coffee and it's, it's the atmosphere and it's the company and it's all these things. And it's always not always better, but it's always a different experience when you have coffee out somewhere than if you just brew it at home or make it in a you know a pod of coffee. So I'm trying to get away from the pods as much as I can. I've got 
the refillable pods that we picked up at the grocery store for a few bucks. And I just fill that up and I use that and I can buy whatever kind of um, pre-ground coffee I want. And that's what I do now. So back to, I guess, my coffee road trip. Um, So, you know, I've had those experiences and through my teaching career, the parents about once a year would have a coffee cart come around and I always took like a small cup and, you know, got through a little bit of it, just enough to discover that I would start talking really fast. Um, this year I have a fantastic mom helping me out. And of course she's been bringing me these, this great coffee drink, um, an ice latte, I think it is. But of course, you put caramel in it, you put whipped cream on it, and there's enough sugar in there to keep you very, very um, hyper. Would that be a good word? Hyper is good. You called me at lunchtime and I'm like, oh, you've had coffee. So now when my students see it in my hand, of course, they just get this look on their face like, oh, who let her have that? Um, But you know, it's. It's not something that is my go-to, but, um, you know, I, I have had coffee and will I ever get to the point where Craig's out with it? Probably not. And like he said, it is an experience and I'm sure had being 13 and feeling slighted at a dinner party of that had not been my first experience and I'm sure things would be a lot different. Um, so going all the way back to when Craig came home, as we call it, um, I made sure that he had, you know, coffee here because I was going to work the next day and he was going to be here with the fur babies and, you know, getting used to life in California. And I would have to say that from that, you know, first day that she landed here, I'd say things are going really well. I think so. Um, we talk everything out, whether it's awkward or not, whether it's difficult or not. I've learned to trust her and trust the process that, okay, I screwed up. You know, I, I broke a coffee mug or I broke a glass or I broke whatever. And I'm like, at first I was like, oh my, oh my God, oh my God, I, I did something stupid. She's getting mad at me. But she's like, are you, her first question is always, are you okay? Doesn't matter what I did, however dumb it was or anything. Her first question is is always, "Are you okay?" And I'm I'm learning to get to that point now too, where I read I read an article or read a, a post online about <clears throat> not every problem is a nail, and we have we as men tend to see every problem as a nail that we need to hit with a hammer to fix it. And sometimes there is no fixing it or your partner, man or woman, doesn't want you to fix it. Sometimes they want you to just listen. So I, I have developed that skill and it's very possible to develop this, this skill of actually listening to what they're saying. <clears throat> not trying to fix anything, not trying to come up with solutions or, or you're, you're, you're right, that person sucks and you shouldn't be friends with them anymore. They don't always want to hear that. Sometimes they do. Not always, but... Um, I think it's something important to learn as as a partner is to learn to listen to what they're saying, not not the emotion. Don't feel any of the emotions that are going on with it. And it's perfectly natural if your spouse or partner gets hurt 
physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, it's it's very it's very reasonable and normal to want to go out and seek revenge on whoever did this to you. And that's not always the answer. That's not and sometimes they don't even know that's what they're looking for or not. They just want someone to listen to them. So Anna will have days where she just talks and talks and talks about what happened at school and all the these bad things and great things. And all I do is listen. I don't interject or I don't try to make it about me. I don't add I don't try to add to her story or oh, that reminds me of this time that this person did the same thing to me. It's not about that. It's about listening to your partner, trying to figure out what they need. And sometimes you can ask or you should ask, okay, do you want sympathy? Do you want a solution? Do you want plan for revenge? What what do you want out of this? And that's a very important step. I don't care if you've been married a, a week or been married like 50 years. It doesn't matter. You need to listen to your partner. You need to listen to what they say. You need to actually hear them and let your brain process it. And sometimes the tendency will be there for you to interject something. And that it, it's fine. It happens. Don't beat yourself up over it. And that's something that she and I both always do for one another. We will listen. And then after we've listened and they, they've vented and they've gotten it off their chest and they feel better and everything, then you can talk about, okay, what should we do about it? Do you want a solution? Is there a solution? How do you want, how do you want to deal with this? And that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. That is definitely where we are. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. We are, like we said, you know, this is about us. And tonight was probably more about coffee than us. But that's okay because. It's in the name. You know, he likes coffee and that's what happens. So. I noticed that your mug is getting pretty low there. It might be time for a refill. It's getting close. Dangerous. So, oh, you know what? With New Year's coming up, we hope that everybody has a very safe and happy New Year's Eve. If you're going to any parties, please be careful because we definitely want you to tune in. And, of course, we'll be back next week, won't we? Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Absolutely. I would also like to take this time to thank you. I know this episode is not as long as last week. We'll try to we'll try to improve on that for the next one for episode three, which should be here in a week. We're trying to record these between Friday and Sunday. And so far we've hit the mark both times. So hey, look at us. We're on a roll. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you. We're glad that you're here. Um, please tell your friends about us. We're we're on Spotify now. And slowly but surely, Bus Fraud is sending out our RSS feed to all the popular podcast sites. And I, I will be adding more as we go, but I find that Spotify is one of the more popular ones. So we thank you. We love you all. We wish you a safe and happy new year. We hope you had a great Christmas and holiday season so far. And we'll be back next week and probably talk about like a year in review kind of thing. We probably should do it this week, but eh, I don't want to. So we love you all. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon.